Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show. I'm a writer, musician, and filmmaker. On this show, we are going to go ahead and discuss horror and read some horror fiction. So sit back, turn out the lights, and enjoy the show. Alright, welcome to episode two of Aaron's Horror Show. I'm your host, Aaron Frail, and uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about horror movies. Hey. Imagine that, a horror podcast about horror movies. And uh, today's topic kind of came up with this odd event that I had at work uh, this week, and I thought it was kind of funny, so I thought I'd share it with all of you. Uh, So we have this whiteboard at work where someone writes down, you know, different things. It's kind of what you see at a coffee shop where it's like, you know, what's your favorite movie? What are your plans for the summer or something like that? Well, it's Halloween, of course, and uh, someone wrote, what's your favorite horror movie? And, uh, of course, you know, someone wrote Stranger Things. I know, not exactly a movie, more of a TV show. I will get to Stranger Things later. I'm actually still in the middle of watching it as the time of recording this episode. I have one more episode to go. It's really exciting, but, you know, as a daddy of a young baby, it's kind of hard to sit there and binge watch TV. So, uh, you know, I've been getting Stranger Things in small doses. So anyways, someone wrote, what's your favorite horror movie on this whiteboard? And, and of course, they put, uh, someone put Stranger Things. And, of course, me being the joker that I am, I put Stranger Wings. It was made in the 90s on the board. You know, show Wings. Anyways... What I thought was really funny was uh, someone then wrote below my stranger wings, Tony Schlub gets a nosebleed every time he makes the mop move on his own, which I thought was hilarious. And then that got me thinking about The Shining, because, you know, the guy from Wings was the same role that Jack Nicholson played in The Shining. And, uh, you know, when you when you compare Jack Nicholson to the guy from Wings, I just you know, personally think there's no comparison. Jack Nicholson owns that role. You know, and, and Jack Nicholson doesn't own every role he, he's ever played. I mean, if you think about it, uh, Heath Ledger kind of took that title with the Joker. And, of course, he, uh, well, he 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 took it in, in, in a way that I don't think anyone can quite replicate, nor would they want to replicate. Either way, I think uh, Heath Ledger did a better Joker than uh, Jack Nicholson, and Jack Nicholson does a better Jack from The Shining. And uh, so, you know, I I think uh, The Shining is a really like special movie. The 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 nineteen eighty uh, Stanley Kubrick one, of course, is what I'm talking about. It's very special in this way that it's very iconic of horror movies. It's one of those movies that, you know, people go to when they think of, you know, horror movies. It's something that has been parodied on many different TV shows. Of course, you have The Simpsons, which call it the Shinnin because do you want to get sued? And and you, you see references it to Unfamily Guy, South Park. I mean, pick, 
pick some sort of parody and, and you'll probably see some reference to The Shining in pop culture. And I think it's a, it's a movie that really sticks with people. Uh, I, I have read the book by Stephen King as well, as, as seen both iterations of the movie. Uh, Stephen King himself actually preferred the remake. In fact, he was the one that kind of got the remake going because he didn't like where Stanley Kubrick took the movie. Uh, Stephen King has been noted to say that it, the character of Jack is a little bit autobiographical in the sense that he uh, felt himself going down this dark path towards his family. And I think in the Kubrick version, you get a really terrifying and very villainous character, whereas in, in the remake, I think it, it does definitely put more of the blame on the supernatural forces. And I think that's where the 1980 version kind of does a twist. And, and this is probably why Stephen King, I, you know, I really don't know what Stephen King thinks. So it's not like I know the guy. Uh, but I, I think, uh, the reason he might not get into it as much is because it really, it really turns that character into something different than the book than the book has. Uh, it, it, I think really it takes it in a way that kind of the play Hamlet did. So in the play Hamlet, uh, there's this big plot line where Hamlet, you know, is deciding whether or not he's going to kill his uh, uncle uh, because his uncle killed his father and then married his mother. And Hamlet goes through the entire play thinking, oh, should I do it? Meanwhile, he's convincing everybody that he's crazy. And so there's always this sort of debate among big Shakespeare people that, uh, you know, is Hamlet faking it or is it really crazy? The, the, the camp that says he's really crazy, uh, you know, says that he's been driven mad by what his uncle did. And, and uh, this is, uh, you know, part of his madness. And, and eventually it all boils down in the end. And then there's the other camp, of course, that says, well, he's, uh, he's actually very calculating. He's getting everyone else to think that he's crazy because he has this really difficult decision that he's going to make. And eventually, of course, it's really easy to uh, plead insanity, you know, uh, once, once you've done the act. Of course, that's a, a modern take on a play that was written 400 years ago. And so if you think about The Shining, there's actually this interpretation, and I think it was Roger Ebert that I first heard this concept from, where there was actually no ghosts in the hotel. It was actually more just manifestations of, of the character's feelings and... And the ghosts that are sort of whispering in Jack's ear to, to do these terrible deeds are, are actually just him sort of descending into madness. So it's, it's his own, you know, personality that is, that, is, that is driving this and not the ghosts that are driving him. And I think that's a very big distinction uh, to think that this is all you know, within us and within a person that has the capability of doing the things that he does within the movie. Uh, so I think uh, it's an interesting interpretation of The Shining, and uh, it really puts a different spin on that particular movie when you think, is he crazy or is he calculating? Are the ghosts not real and just 
manifestations of his own uh, psychology, or is it, uh, you know, really is a haunting that's sort of convincing him to to go down the path. And, you know, the, the interpretation falls apart a little bit, of course, when you think about the kid, because the kid obviously, you know, sees the two twin girls in the hallway, uh, you know, and, and, and the, you know, come play with us like that, <laughs> that sort of breaks down that theory. But you could always say that, you know, maybe the, the, maybe Jack is convincing the kid that there's ghosts. And so he starts seeing ghosts too, you know, and he goes to the room, uh, you know, and, and actually speaking of the room, I think, uh, there's a funny personal story. I went to Estes Park, which is where the remake was filmed. Uh, the, there is a hotel there where it, you know, it has all this stuff about, Hey, look, the shining was filmed here. It's really cool. And, uh, I think I was about 14 at the time. And I thought I was the, like the coolest thing ever because, uh, you know, they had this like rope up that, that prevented you from going upstairs. It basically said, uh, no, you know, people with, uh, without hotel keys beyond this point. And of course, for a 14 year old boy, that's like begging for me to go beyond that point. And so I thought it was like so cool and slick that I waited, you know, for the, uh, the, the hotel clerk or whoever was working to kind of be busy with a customer. And I slipped past the rope so I can go, you know, to the uh the the room the famous room 217 or 237 i forget exactly which one it is in fact maybe it was different in both movies hmm, i can't remember anyways so i go up to the to the floor and i i go you know to the room and i'm really excited and and of course it's just like you know a hotel and uh can't really see much from the hallway so uh yeah and i'm i'm pretty sure the the clerk probably probably knew what I was doing because if you think about it like like how many people that go in that hotel are really going to be deterred by a rope saying hey don't go look at this really famous room that's in this movie that everyone wants to go see <laughs> so uh yeah uh you know I I, I I understand the policy and it probably will deter but I'm sure there are plenty of people to uh to go beyond the rope I don't know exactly if the hotel uh, still does that now. Like I said, I was 14 when this happened, but it was a pretty, pretty cool story. Uh, you know, I, I also think it would be really great if I had twins, you know, because if I had twins, I would be having them doing all sorts of creepy stuff. I mean, imagine if you had like twins and, and you could get them to do, come play with us. Except, you know, just have them do it in like really normal situations, you know, like, like, you know, just have them hang out in a, in a, like a hallway at a library. And just whenever someone comes down the hallway, they're like, come play with us. And then, then teach them how to like disappear like a ninja or, or maybe, you know, at a radio shack. Cause you know, how many people go to radio shack anymore? You know, when someone's out there looking for a part, they could just appear, come play with us. Uh, anyways, I, I think the shining is a really, influential movie in the horror genre the it, it it's a movie that i think not only plays off the supernatural but it plays off the darker instinct and it plays off the idea that it can happen to anyone that that 
you know, a lot of horror movies, you, you, you get people that are sort of victim of the circumstance. They are people that are caught in this situation and they were just the unlucky ones that happened to go to the cabin that weekend or they're the unlucky ones that happened to, you know, cross paths with the, <coughs> with the killer or they're the unlucky ones that are, you know, in the sleeping bag when uh, Jason comes by. So, you know, there, there's a, you know, there, there, there's this, there's this like sort of unluckiness to it. Whereas the character of Jack there, you know, there is this element of luck, of course, that they're going to this hotel, but there's also something within him, you know? There's this, like, dark side to him that we can't really ignore, and I think that's what the Kubrick movie does, is it kind of plays off that dark side. Not to mention, if I ever go crazy, I seriously want to, like, just sit there typing over and over again, all work and no play makes Aaron a dull boy. All work and no play makes Aaron a doll boy. It'd be great to just sit there and do that at work, you know, just like, all work and no play makes Aaron a doll boy. And just kind of like stare off into space, you know? Great way to to build camaraderie and to, to, to look for promotions, you know? If you ever want to go off the deep end, that's the way to do it. Just type that over and over again. Anyways... So, uh, in this next segment, we're going to go ahead and read some more tuners. We're going to read chapter two. If you haven't read, if you, or if you haven't heard chapter one, I want you to go back right now and listen to episode one and uh, go ahead and take a look. If you're wondering about listener stories, well, I'm recording this actual podcast right now before the first episode ever aired so I, I i haven't even received any listener stories yet but i do want to get them i do want to read your stories too not just my own i mean i'm happy to read my own that's fine i'll i'll read my own and i'll continue to read my own and throw in some listener stories as well but just make sure you send them to me that's aaron's horror show at gmail.com I also got off my butt and made a Facebook and a Twitter. So it is at Aaron Horror Show for Twitter. And then just search for Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. And guess what? There's no one that likes it right now. There's zero likes. I plan to basically let anyone who likes it actually like it, you know? I could just tell all my friends to go like it for willy-nilly reasons just you know just like it because but i'd rather people like it because they like it you know what i mean i'm not just looking for empty likes or you follow me and i'll follow you kind of stuff i am looking for people to follow it because they happen to like it and if i only got two well then darn it two people really like it but you know hopefully we'll get more than that so that being said after this short little break I will just go ahead and jump right into Tuners Chapter 2. And don't forget to send me your stories. Thank you.
Chapter 2 John buried his face at his desk in his room. The room was covered with posters of his favorite bands. John's dad grounded him for a week. His old man even locked up his skateboard for a month. It was the worst day of his life. Not only did he let the girl get away, but he was caught by the mall police. His friends would never let him live this one down. Not that he planned to tell his friends. If he told anyone that he saw a hot girl disappear, they'd think he's crazy. His friends would hide a blow-up doll in his locker or some stupid stuff like that. Jock Falchon's dad had one of those hidden under his bed. They found it one day and they couldn't stop laughing. The prank possibilities of such a find were endless. You do your homework, John's dad yelled. I can't, John said and didn't look up. You sit here all day. Is that what you want? John turned his head to face the other way. Three characters. By tonight. But dad, three characters. John's dad would always force him to write in Chinese calligraphy. He would teach them new words all the time. John didn't see the point. It wasn't like he was going to China anytime soon. He'd be stuck here in, in, in America, in the Midwest, his entire life. And now his one chance at meeting a girl was out the window. John turned up his music louder. The entire world was drowned out by the noise. He reached under his desk and hit the power button on his PC. It was an old hand-me-down computer his father had cobbled together from computer parts. There was a surplus store that John and his father used to frequent with rows and rows of old computer junk. When John was a kid, he used to love going through the surplus store with his father. They would buy electronic parts and make something fun. His father made a John a light that would come to life with cascading LEDs, a remote-controlled car with goggles to view with an onboard camera. He even made an LED monster out of this crappy VW bus. It was cool when you were the kid. Now it's considered too lame. John began refusing to follow his dad to Junksville and no longer was excited by his father and the special projects. It marked the beginning of the end of their relationship so tight when he was a kid. Now it felt like his father might as well just go back to China because of the distance between them. The computer booted to the start screen. John pulled up a browser window and began watching skateboarding disasters on the internet. He had a website for Chinese characters bookmarked in case he heard his father stomping down the hallway. A video where this kid fell off the railing and smashed his face on the bar was finished when he began to change through his tunes of, on, the, on his playlist. A list of videos appeared. John was stunned by what he saw. One of the videos had a screenshot of the blonde he had seen in the mall earlier that day. He clicked the video and it said, Watch this chick disappear in a crowded mall. The footage was pixelated and out of focus. The video started with a zoom on some girl's butts as they walked through the mall. The camera jostled and the operator darted to the side. It was a little chaotic at first to see anything, but then he saw her. The same plaid blue skirt and the same pink headphones. She ran past the operator of the camera and he ran to follow her. It was hard to follow the pursuit, but thankfully a few seconds later she ended up in a little nook created by two store entrances. 
She tapped and swiped her phone and disappeared, just like she had for John. He felt a little bit of an adrenaline rush. There was another human being who had witnessed the same thing he had witnessed. The video was dated about five months ago. It had over 10k views. John thought he was onto something really big and was about to add a comment of his own when he noticed the first comment. FAKE! Followed by some more abusive comments to others like, You should have kept filming the butts. And, This guy clearly likes big bucks and he cannot lie. No one seemed to believe the video. John decided that he would rather not open himself to being beat up by the crowd on the internet and decided to click on some of the other videos from the uploader. The next video is titled, Berenstein Bears Prove Parallel Universes. John snorted and laughed out loud. It was no wonder the uploader of the video got all these incredulous comments. The person behind the video was nuts and believed in all sorts of government conspiracies. For kicks, John decided to click on the video. It was once again handheld footage. This time the pixelation was even worse as he was in a dark room. John could make out a cover of a Berenstein Bears book. The title was obscured. John remembered the books from when he was a kid and chuckled to himself. He couldn't wait to hear what this crazy person had to say. Take a look at this book. A voice came from behind the camera. Who can forget the moral and safety lessons from these anthropomorphic friendly bears that captured our hearts? Except that it's not the Berenstain bears, it's Berenstain. The camera tilted upwards and now the title of the book was clearly visible. To John's surprise, the book clearly said Berenstain bears and not Berenstain. John could swear that he remembered Berenstain. There is an E in the name and not the A. He continued watching, completely engrossed by the video. Is it a global conspiracy? The narrator continued. The video then changed cheap animations to support the narration. Did the government sneak in our houses and change our books while we slept? It's much a simpler answer. People from the E universe somehow transferred into the A universe. Science has confirmed that parallel universes could exist. Is it so crazy to think that we're in one right now? And why don't they, or that they don't sometimes bump into each other and that people can't cross from one to the other? The screen then changed to a picture of a ghost. It looked like a transparent man standing in a doorway. It looked fake to John, but after what he had seen earlier today, he wasn't very sure anymore. Take ghosts, for example. Are they spirits of the dead? Or are they just people who briefly crossed over from one universe to another? No more dead than you or I. Is deja vu an alternate universe sense? Do you feel that you've experienced something before because you actually did experience something before in an alternate universe? The screen switched again to the pictures of Japan, passports, and other stock photos. The voice continued. Take the case of the man from Tored. In 1954, Japanese custom agents detained a man from a European country called Tored. The man insisted that the country had been around since the Middle Ages. His passport, IDs, even stamps from his previous visits were all official. By accounts, his identification documents were not forged even though his country didn't exist. Is Torrid the home of the Berenstein Bears? 
Will children from their universe be Berenstain over Berenstain? Only time will tell as more clues to the true nature of reality arise. The video ended with a subscribe to my newsletter button. John clicked and entered his email address. In the how did you hear about us section, he clicked other and then wrote, I saw the girl in the plaid shirt. He clicked send and forgot about it. He wasn't sure why he subscribed to the newsletter. The guy was clearly crazy. You don't even check his email. Anything was worth reading. It was on Snapchat or Instagram anyways. He forgot about the newsletter and clicked over to the calligraphy site. He better get started on those characters or his dad would wig out. He pulled a brush and a thick paper from his desk and began to draw. Alright, that was Tuners Chapter 2. As we said before, this is a little bit of horror, a little bit of science fiction. Some interesting stuff going on in there. It's also kind of a work in progress, so, you know, we'll see where this ends up going. Anyways, I uh, just wanted to let you guys know that uh, I am open for reading other people's stories. I also wouldn't mind answering any people's questions. So if you have questions about anything horror go ahead and ask me and I'll see what I can come up with my research. So I think I'll open it to questions, open to stories. You could always email me at aaronshorrorshow at gmail.com. As I said before, I got a Facebook and Twitter now. So Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook and Aaron Horror Show on Twitter. And as a special treat, because we talked about The Shining this episode, I think I'm going to go ahead and leave you something that you could only see on Facebook or Twitter. It's this great little video that's about The Shining, and I'm gonna post the link on Facebook and Twitter, so go ahead and check it out. Uh, and thank you for listening. Have a great night.